On this episode of the Producers, the Quote King brings in the Duke of Quotington, and they talk about an all-time fan favorite, Super Bad. Chicka, chicka, yeah, chicka, what? The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Everyone places. This is the final scene, so let's make this one count. Quiet on set. Places, everybody. And action. Welcome to the Producers. Lights, camera, podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Producers. With you, as always, is the Quote King. And this week, another change in, another step in. Not Big Rick, not the misquoter. Uh, I don't want to call you, I really, really don't want to call you the Duke of Quotington, but that is what Jazzy Bear has dubbed. And I'm, it saddens me a little inside that we have not come up with something more clever, but here we are. Andy Benzen back with us again this week. What's up, buddy? Hey, man. Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm not really feeling that uh, that nickname either. It's It doesn't resonate well with me. <laughs> I just don't think it does you justice, if I'm being honest with you. It's not, it's not, it's not great. Well, that's, that's the problem. There's a fine line where you need an appropriate name, but otherwise, otherwise you don't want to sound like an egotistical douche, right? Right. right. So... <laughs> I gotta find like a middle of the road quote name, right? I mean, so what is just fantastic here is it's not your nickname, but I gotta tell you, man. Uh, so we're doing this on Zoom. Your microphone setup is—I'm gonna just gonna say quite the concoction. It, like you've MacGyvered. Did you just like steal stuff from around your room to create this arm? I don't know what you got going on there. Yeah, um, I'm a, a paperclip short. I think of a full MacGyver setup. Oh, okay. I, uh, all right, I got. It. So. Uh, the sound clarity is brought to you by this uh, rock band microphone <laughs> <laughs> that you Which, a box uh, you a box you haven't opened since 2010. Well, that's the thing is I have the rock band microphone, but I I don't have it's actually a Beatles rock band. Which oh okay, yeah, that's a fancy one. I don't have the drum set, the guitar, the game, or an Xbox <laughs> anymore. <laughs> But I have the microphone. Why I held on to all that, all the big, the big stuff, no more. But I still have the microphone. But uh, the computer says it's a Logitech microphone, so it's actually probably a an, a decent microphone. I just can't do anything with volume or anything you, like you that. You sound way better because it used, to, you know, it was like you were talking to me on the phone before. So now this is this is much better. I mean, echo chambers are cool. And uh, and so like and and what have you? Well, I'm just going to use this adhered oh. your microphone to <laughs> so so, GarageBand mic. And then what did you just duct tape it to a selfie stick? What do you got going on there? Uh, well, uh, you know, of course, I didn't keep the microphone stand that oh, comes from, with from the rock, rock band, band game right. either. So I have this is where the MacGyver part comes in is I have three cell phone stands, of course, <laughs> which I, I don't really use, but I have three of them. 
and uh, I have it precariously nestled or <laughs> suspended on the cell phone holder. And then I've taken Coban, which is a, a really fancy type of uh, tape that's ad uh, cohesive, not adhesive, meaning it sticks to only itself and nothing else. So oh. you don't get that sticky residue after. Nuggets of knowledge. Uh, Nuggets of morning. knowledge. Fantastic. So, yeah, this, uh, I think this is a winner. This is probably, yeah. It looks like it's not going anywhere. All you dads out there, like, pulling on the ratchet straps in your trucks, that's not going anywhere. Yeah, I feel this, like is, that's... This, is, this is definitely patent-pending technology. So <laughs> I look forward to it falling apart. Like, you're just going to, everybody in the audience is going to hear, like, some sort of loud thud, and it's going to be your microphone just falling onto your desk. Yeah, like when the all, tape all the tape fit. has just fallen apart. Just like... <laughs> 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 So, all right. So now that we've got um, what we're visually seeing here out of the way, uh, I'm so excited this week because we are doing a movie that I don't want to use the term like defined our childhood, but I mean, it came pretty damn close. We are doing super bad this week. Yeah, super awesome that we're doing super bad. See what I did there? Uh, you know, came out when I graduated high school in 2007. And so I was, two I, was years. A, I was a sophomore in college. So I was a little right. Older. Right. So I remember seeing this in the movie theater. There's a thing you don't really hear much people say. <laughs> say anymore. Right. I streamed this movie in my living room the other night with my wife. Yeah, no, it's not. Yeah, it was me, you, I think Ben Barry and 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 Freddie. I mean, that sounds like a list of the usual suspects. That that sounds about right. Right. Maybe. And it, well, and like the, the ridiculous thing about this movie, and I'm sure everyone relates, is that I can just pick characters from this movie that are our friends like oh this guy is that guy and that guy oh and our buddy is this guy so it, it reminds us of our group of friends from high school which is kind of i don't know it may not have defined our childhood but it certainly defined our friendship for at least a hot second i i would agree with that you know plus with with seth rogan and was evan goldberg who it was they his wrote it. partner yeah, yeah right so i mean they're not much older than us, probably in, in high. I don't know how old Seth Rogen is. So we got an IMDb page. So Seth Rogen, as Officer Michaels, was born in 82. So yeah, just, 82. I mean, he's, he's five years older than I am. So that's right. So it's almost equivalent to like if we wrote a movie about the stupid stuff that we did in high, in high school. <laughs> right. right. And I feel like that's what they did. That with Judd Apatow and everybody like that's what they they did with this. Yeah, it, you know, it's kind of like a soft core version of American Pie, if you really think about it. Right. Oh, yeah, seriously. It's it's American Pie with high school kids. What? Because American Pie had a lot of, you know, they went on to college and their weddings and everything else. So maybe like right. the, first, the first American Pie, but with, with yeah. less less boobs, I feel like is what we're chalking that up to. Yeah, way less boobs and uh, less awkward situations, you know. <laughs> Honestly, I, I feel like there's still a, a good amount of awkwardness. I mean, they did a fantastic job of just showing the awkwardness of adolescence. And I mean, just the way like McLovin, like his voice hasn't broke yet. Like, so in like real life, it feels like he has not hit puberty yet. And he's just, he squeals and squeaks like his balls haven't dropped yet. And it just is hysterical because it, it wouldn't have been as funny if he was even a fraction more mature in his life. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it's your typical, like, late bloomer that has a one-up on all of the slightly more popular kids. 
you right. know, with with the fake ID. You know, Zack Snyder got his <laughs> fake ID. Going to the same place, Zack Zack Snyder. It'll work. Muhammad, one name. What do you seal? <laughs> Muhammad's the most popular name on earth. Read a fucking book. What do they say? Twenty five. You're twenty five. <laughs> Why would you just put twenty one like a normal kid? Strategy. <laughs> what do twenty one year olds think they're on this town? And they're either going to uh, think, here's another kid with a fake ID, or here's McLovin, the Hawaiian organ donor. <laughs> it's like, this movie is just, it's, I think for us, it, definitely for you and I, it is our most number one all-time quoted movie that just seeps into our everyday life. Because, you know, you, I, we did Tommy Boy, and that's got to be up there as well, but this one specifically... The, the tidbits and the nuggets that just seep into our conversations is second to none, I think. All right. I mean, like, even even my wife, every once in a while, I'll be doing something. She'll go, don't fuck it up and get Sambucha again. Like, you know, <laughs> like when I'm going to get something. <laughs> Got to get some Kyle's Killer Lemonade. Uh, it's kind of gay, but all right. I can, I can do that. That's fine. Some gold slick vodka. Ridiculous. I mean, yeah. so for for us, I think, I don't know, maybe like every other kid out there, like we kind of thought we were cool and yet probably we're not, but I don't know. So again, in Superbad, like they kind of know they're losers. You know what I mean? Like, they're, they're kind of okay with it, but they're, they're trying to be cool, but they're not. It's, I don't know. It's, it's a story of fitting in, I would say, right? That's. Yeah. I don't even know if you want to be like so cliche and say like, it's the coming of age movie of our time. <laughs> <laughs> See, it was a yeah, mixture of Fergie and Jesus. Like, I can look at you right now. Yeah, you know, come on, come on. Like, this is my last chance for you to get with me before we go to college, and I make you my girlfriend. Like that, things are coming to the end of like one more chance. Right. It, well, it's, the it's, like, it's, it's it's the sixteen candles of our generation. Right. This is like <laughs> the the Molly Ringwald Breakfast Club of the two thousand six. It's like way different. Story about a group of high school kids. That story hasn't been done before. Right. And then, yeah. But it is It is very, like, it's almost like classic. Like, it definitely, there, it probably follows, um, like, the formula, you know, for a lot of those things. But one thing that I definitely feel like is because we're kind of so close to age, it definitely, there's a lot more relatable. Things. Oh, 100%. 100%. That like everything they went through when we saw this movie, we'd either like just gone through or know people who were going through like in that moment. Dude, it was, it was like we was we were living it as we were seeing it on TV. Absolutely, like we you knew someone that you know had a fake ID and would get you alcohol because right. that was we, such... we, we were going to house parties and stuff like that where underage drinking was going on. Right, there was a whole a whole thing that we were going through as we saw this movie. Right. Yeah, just um, and just the antics, like the little the little things, and the the cool thing that I like, I think I enjoy about it is like it's quite plausible of everything that they were that they did, right? So you I feel like except for the and, except for the cops torching their own cop car, <laughs> they really Bill Hader and Seth Rogen just like shooting at their own cop car and then setting it on fire. Here's a statement you were citing that a crackhead stole our car and did God knows what with it. Can we shoot it? I don't know. Can you? Can you? <laughs> Check yourself, fool. 
<laughs> Hold it sideways. Uh, like the liquor store scene, I think he did a great. It was a great job of like just nervously going in. It's like I should have worn the vest. Like you're freaking out because you don't look old enough. <laughs> the the is, and that's what it is. Like all the subtle nuance of just one-liners of people, just how they would respond. Like, did you make this mess, sir? No. And somebody should really clean this up. And somebody could slip and fall. And he just goes, fuck my life. <laughs> I think that at least that for me, I, that's where FML came for. I don't re- remember anybody saying that or using it in text until Superbad came out. And then fuck my life just became a, like, going forward. Or do you think he, he got that from real world? That it's chicken and egg. I don't uh, I I don't really recall using that phrase much before that, so right. I'm not going to fact check you on it, but I'd say it's plausible. Well, that's like, uh, you know, when Zombieland came out and he, he Woody Harrelson's going nuts and he goes, Bill fucking Murray, and he's losing his mind there. Like, that's where that came from. And then there's like the BFM t-shirts and it, it, it was it's a movement. So, I, like I said, I don't recall anybody saying it before Superbad came out, but that's... That's something else this movie gave society. It's, it's FML. Everybody knows what you're talking about now. Yeah, and I think like the whole concept of like McLovin has <laughs> found its way into a lot of like social antics, like you know, back to referring to his like fake ID and things like that. And you know, again, back with the, like the liquor store with the interaction with him and the cops, and you know, like even like. 510, whatever 510 is, it's 510. Like, I use that as, like, my whatever you want. Like, whatever 510 is, just do that. Like, that that's my go-to whatever, man. That's my whatever man statement. Whatever 510 is. He was Jewish. Odd crime for a Jew to commit. This is being as unhelpful as humanly possible. He's an Marshall MNN. Mathers. Right. Yeah. He was, he's round. Oh, okay. Well, just the fact where they're like, he looked like you... Because, like, he's trying so hard to not be racist <laughs> in, in that time, right? Was he so like, like me or, or, or was he like you? No, he was white. He was like you. Oh, he's Jewish. That's so he's Jew. <laughs> <laughs> but really, so, and I love how they got, like, the nuances of, like, arguing with, like, non-adults. So he's just like, he goes, and I'll, I'll take a knife and I'll cut off your face and I'll put it over mine. I'll use ID. And instead of him being like calling him a, dirt, a jerk or something or calling him a dick, he's like, you don't have the steady hand or the technology to pull off that kind of procedure. Booyah! Like <laughs> arguing over nonsense. Like, yeah, like, anyone, if any one of them were serious. Like taking it for like a literal statement. And then oh, even right. when they're in the parking right. lot and uh, they go to check out that girl that she's, cause she's running and they're like, oh, her she had, sure, you know, she had a breast reduction. You know, so. Um, oh no, completely, and, and that's and that's spot on. That's I, oh, I got to catch a glimpse of these warlocks. It's, it's like unbelievable. It's like slapping God in the face for giving you a be- for giving you a beautiful gift. And then there's the whole point of you brought condom in a lube. Why didn't you discuss this with me before? <laughs> supposed to run it by you now well you know what it exploded and i'm not going over there to go and get it uh 18 year old girls not dried up old ladies are good to go oh evan i don't think i can handle your giant four inch cock without that bottle of lube i don't understand is how did (laughs) mclovin end up with a condom and lube because like when he said it with nicola he's like she's like do you have a condom he's like yeah 
and lube like oh like it was just here like like did it was it just on the the bedstand like the night the bed table there i i don't know but i it, they, i mean they were well prepared i guess i don't know i mean it's so ridiculous i remember in theaters the oh my god it's in and i have a boner we're like <laughs> literally the whole theater bursting out laughing to that and actually missing like the rest of the dialogue in that movie because right. everybody was laughing right which again is just it's and it was both both awkward moments that she's she's describing like what's happening to her physically while they're having sex and he's like yeah they they said that was going to happen in health class <laughs> like, like what a thing to say oh yeah and she's like you have such a be-, like she's like you have such a beautiful penis and she's like you would too if you were a man like so I don't know if you've ever seen like the the YouTube video or whatever of them doing the table read for this, but they are all like dying laughing. Like they they cannot keep a straight face while they're doing the table read for this. Which again, how how do you like how do you how do you even get to that scene? A not actually being drunk, but also having to do uh, some sort of like half of a sex scene while you're supposed to be hammered, and then also saying these ridiculous, absurd things to one another. I would love to see like the re- like the outtake reel on that right like where's that dvd right that that was that's a dvd that i would buy where were the bloopers from yeah where is the super bad box set right um, I've, I've never seen it i mean I, I do have the soundtrack which wasn't that great i remember going there's to like, best there's, there's five or six songs on there that are really good and then i think the rest of them are are forgettable Here's another archaic statement. I remember I went to Best Buy and bought the CD. Are you sure it wasn't media play? Because I feel like that's the only way that that can get in like an older statement. Is it was an FYE for your entertainment. <laughs> remember? <that? laughs> I think media play bought FYE. I think that was the thing, right? That was. Well, they're both out of business now. So <laughs> yeah, right. they're, they're both doing great. I think our media play is now a Hobby Lobby. So they're, they're, which, you know what? They transformed into older people stuff because my wife and I go to Hobby Lobby all the time. It's so stupid. We're it was all, it's all that time. and Circuit City, whatever Circuit, Circuit City is now. Remember those? Oh, God. I mean, like, are there Radio Shacks anymore? Is it even? I don't. Probably. I think so, because people still need, like, you know. I don't know. I feel like everybody knows what an HDMI cable is now. They just go on Amazon and buy one. I don't, that's that's where I'm, my path is. I think it's I think it's for all the people that are still out there. Like I don't even know if they're like building computers and stuff like that. Like if something breaks and they need something like right now, like because I don't have a computer or anything to order a order from Amazon or I, I need this to fix now, they can go and pick up little things right. like that. I don't know. I might be completely wrong. I. It's probably like Blockbuster. There's like two left in the hole. <laughs> there's what is there one in like or no like the the last one in alaska closed right there was a, a blockbuster in I alaska the, i thought and it was the last one in the united states it was either that or like oregon or something like that where there's actually a documentary on it where there's like two one or two last blockbusters and john john oliver from last week tonight did a whole spiel on it did he say he bought like russell crowe's like groin garb from Gladiator and then sent it to that blockbuster so they could have actual movie stuff that would like draw people to their blockbuster so it wouldn't go out of business because we have to save this last remaining dinosaur of, of our entertainment value. Yeah, that's in the documentary. Oh, is it? Well, there you go. Yeah. That's crazy they made the documentary after 
<laughs> John Oliver did that. That's why I'm not. I'm not sure whether or not. Yeah, where where it is or where it's where it's located. So yeah, it's. Yeah. Uh, but. So yeah, I mean, so so with Superbad, like, do you think they just they thought like, okay, how many full out, fully cringe moments can we think of that adolescents go through, and now like, and then let's get a story with it. Do you mean instead of trying to come up with a story and then have awkward things happen to them? Because I feel like every you don't go more than five minutes in this movie without them like going through some super awkward puberty. You know what I mean? To your point, coming of age awkwardness. Well, I'm I'm pretty sure that actually a lot of it they didn't have to come up with because according to Seth Rogen from interviews and things like that, he said a lot of that stuff actually happened to them in some way, shape, or form. So. It, I don't want to say it pretty much wrote itself, but I'm sure that, you know, they probably took one idea and really ran with it. Um, but I mean, there's not too many cringe moments of like awkward adolescence. It's really just like those interactions. Like, so what are you guys doing this weekend? Oh, uh, well, we're going to fake ID. So whatever. Right. Well, I never see you at any parties or anything like that. So it's like, oh, well, we kind of do our own thing. And then they kind of flash back to them just, you know, watching porn in the basement. <laughs> uh, right. Well, and and like shotgunning beers with each other and ball tapping each other while they're they're trying to chug because that was a thing back in the day. Like if you weren't trying to smack your friends in the dick, like <laughs> you, you weren't really friends. And I don't know. I don't know why that became a thing. I feel like I don't know. I'm I missed that in high school by a little bit. So like go, going to college and hanging out with um, alumni and stuff like that of, of certain groups that I was in and seeing like the older guys, like, and we have like alumni softball games or whatever. Like I, I became very aware that the older generation of guys, so like people who are like, so I'm 35 now. So people who are, you know, almost 40, like we played softball. You couldn't round third without somebody trying to hit you in the balls on the way. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, what is wrong with you guys? Like, why do you keep trying to touch the sticks? I don't, I don't understand. The thought process here, like funny, and yet I have no inclination to do that myself. I was like, no, no, I'm like, I'm good. We understand how much that hurts. I'm not gonna bother. <laughs> not gonna, not gonna, not gonna, not gonna work here anymore. I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> or just like the mindset, like with it's last two weeks. Fuck it, I'm just drilling holes. <laughs> what, are, what are you building? Last two weeks. Fuck it. <laughs> And then when you know you're you're out on the field and like in gym class where you have like the legit like the gym class heroes, where's the Dave Franco? It's like come yeah, on, Dave, Evan, we're done. Sounds like a made up brother name, Dave Dave Franco. What's your name, brother name? Dave Dave Franco? No, that's a made up brother name. Come on, Evan, we're done by two goals. You know what, Greg? It's soccer, man. It's soccer. Screw you, man. Why don't you go piss your pants again? It's like eight years ago, asshole. People don't forget. Which again has to be something that you and I say to each other all the time, like completely random. Well, like you'd be like, "Dude, shut up!" And I'm like, "Why don't you go piss your pants again?" It's like eight years ago. That and and definitely like the the cargo the cargo shorts. Uh, listen, I owned pairs of cargo shorts. They were I mean, quite handy. Men don't I carry owned, purses. They had cargo shorts. I owned <laughs> cargo shorts that were also pants that zipped off into cargo shorts. <laughs> so, beat that. They like cargo pants that turned into cargo shorts. I feel like that's the only way to go. Yeah, and then the zipper would get all messed up, and you wouldn't be able to wear them as pants anymore. 
that, listen, that's okay that they just became shorts. I think it's better for everybody that they just became shorts. Was Seth wearing cargo shorts in? Uh, the beginning, in, yes. Yeah. Like when they're, when they're putzing around at school, I think they are. And then he changes because they, they get all dressed up. So he's like, did you shop at Baby Gap? <laughs> he borrowed some of his dad's clothes. Which looks like they were worn in the 70s. Like they brought back yeah. some super great dated items there. It was like super stuff. Like they got like what see what my dad has. What in a box in the basement? I thought you would have at least like went and it was 2007 at that time, I would I would assume. So you would think that the dad had some dad clothes, but nothing too like archaic. Listen, like some people are just fine like letting go. Like it's it's fine. It's no big deal. But like the people are hoarders. So I don't know. Like I, I give trash bags of clothes to Goodwill all the time. And it's if I didn't do that. If... And you know what? So it, it, I think one of my favorite parts of the whole damn thing is when they go to that party. That's because they're trying to steal alcohol from it. <laughs> and again, what what's the most awkward thing that happens at a party? I mean, so a fight breaks out. So number one. And then number two, like, how do you, and again, as, as l- not as gross as I could possibly make it being like, dude, like you got period blood in my pants. Like, what are you dancing? Like, it's just the most awkward thing imaginable. How do you do that? And that, that's one thing that I do know. I think it happened to them at like a school dance. Like some chick just came up and started dancing and like, they're like Seth Rogen talked about them in the locker room. Like, how do we deal with this? Like period tampon situation on this dude's leg <laughs> but like even that like i will never th- think about the you know these eyes by the by the guess who and, right um, and never not think about this movie right you know a guy named jimmy look at his brother like, <laughs> his brother he's a singer from arizona my he already came up in scottsdale arizona you're not gonna sing for him again being like Trapped in a room with a bunch of guys doing cocaine and like forcing you to sing, and they are so out of their minds. But again, let's just make this as awkward as humanly possible. Like, and there are things, there are episodes like so. You and I love The Office. There are episodes that I skip because of the cringe factor. You know, what I mean? like so. Yeah. Like Scott's tots. I skip that stuff every time. I like. Nope. Fast forward next episode because the cringe is so bad. And yet with this movie. I, I don't know. It, it's either not as 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 cringeworthy as as I think it is, or I don't know. It's it's on the borderline, and it makes it so much more enjoyable. I I think it's cringe to the fact is like it's cringeworthy because the actual potential of it actually happening is very real, right? And you've almost been you've been in situations very similar just like that like i've definitely been you know in a situation where some random girl is just like dancing with you or grinding up on you and they're like oh i see you later and you're like that was that was awesome (laughs) best day ever (laughs) right like just to be in that mindset just to be at like a party and like this rando comes up to you you're like this is the best day of my life (laughs) (laughs) and then he's just trying to like turf it off it's like what are you talking about like yeah, I was dancing some chicken there. It's like I'm not cut or anything. And then the funniest part is like his dry heaving. He's like, eh, eh. <laughs> yeah, right, right. he's like throwing up in his mouth. It's like, what's detergent? 
Oh, I got fucking blood in my pants. <laughs> like, what are you doing with it? <laughs> blood on me. I'm trying to clean it. You dancing with Jacinda? <laughs> what a name. Like, of all the names they're going to pull out of nowhere, Jacinda is the name that they pulled out of there. Let's just talk about, like, what is it? How do you say his last name? Joe Latro or whatever his last name is. Like, and that character, when... You know, he backs over, backs over Seth. <laughs> He's like, full disclosure, I've worn out for totally nonviolent crime. <laughs> <laughs> Which, again, is so ridiculous. Because, so, again, I, I, I like him as an actor. I think he's really funny. Like, I, I watch, uh, I do watch I Love You, Man, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And, again, he's, like, the gym buddy that he tries to go on bro dates with. And they're going to Galaxy Games. And, again, let's, how can we make this funnier? Let's have him have a super non-deep, like, I haven't reached puberty yet voice. Everything he got, everything he got. He's like, what's with Elmo over there? <laughs> <You're right. laughs> he's, he's a very funny comedic actor. It's, I think he does a great job. And he really, for, for not having a prominent role in this, I think he does a lot with it. Well, the scene in the car, we're like, it's because it's like kind of predates Uber, right? So he's in right. the back, you know, it's like trying to like be in their conversation. Like, yeah. Nice. Like, who is it? Some girl? He's like, so you guys on MySpace? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah right. You guys on my, who's going to give it to him, man? You are. He, like, puts his hand over the back seat to so high-five him, and, like, nobody moves. They don't try to contribute to him at all. It's so ridiculous. I mean, I, like I said, everybody, I think, from, from top to bottom, everybody did a fantastic job. Even So we haven't talked about her too much. Um, but the but Becca, the the love interest of of one of our main protagonists of Evan. Is, yeah. Of Evan. Right. I was looking for his character name. I'm like, his name's not Michael Sarah. What is his name? In the book? Evan. Evan is what I'm looking for. Um, again, it just a super awkward. Like when they're talking in the hallway and somebody bumps him and he actually like punches her boob. <laughs> they're, they're like, they both just like super awkwardly stare at each other. And I swear to God, I think every single one of us has been in the situation where you go, guy, girl, whoever you go, all right, man, I'll see you later. And then you're walking the same direction. And like, like, but you already said goodbye. So instead of just being like, "Oh, cool, we're going the same direction," you want to walk with me? You just go, "Bye." Like, he like power walks faster down the hallway, just so it's not weird, but ends up making it more weird. Like I already it's, said goodbye. I can't say goodbye twice now. I'm not gonna do that. It's and it's like, yeah, like with the pen. He's like, he's like, "Oh, I forgot to give you." Oh no, that that you can keep that. That is my gift to you. Like you can first, keep first, that. first of many, first of many. Like, yeah, like good, I am doing you a great. <laughs> A great dis- great service <laughs> by letting you have that pen. And then um, things like getting alcohol. And he's like, oh, that's such a great idea. What a baller move. Why didn't I think of that? And he's like, yeah, I even offered to pay. I feel like, feel like a pimp. I feel like a pimp right now. That's, that's what I feel like. Which, again, couldn't be less a pimp, Mike. And for us, I, again, so you and I in our friendship, that the cooking class, which, again, happens in the first, like, 15 minutes of the movie. It's probably, I don't know, our most quoted five minutes. I mean, so between Fogel, hi, dude, she's like yelling at me. It's ten thirty three. I told her what time it was. It's fucking sweet. <laughs> he walks away from her. Uh, yeah, and the whole the whole exchange between Seth and Jules, is, which is a big disservice. It's like cut out of like on Netflix and like the streaming stuff like that whole, Hey, Julie's partner didn't come today. Well, kind of a personal question. Huh? It's like, right, right. I can't believe that whole exchange is cut out of the movie. And I feel like that is like a great representation of like, 
an awkward conversation where all you're kind of thinking about is I kind of just want to like bang this chick and she's just having a general cut. Oh, oh, you mean like coming? <laughs> oh, like nuts. Like you're just like one not, fail not after even, another. Clever. Right. It's right. Just, try to keep digging himself out of the hole, trying to be cool. And it is not working at all. All right. Oh, I'll so, go a shot. All right. Yeah. Right. Why? Well, I mean, you say good, good shit, right? Maroki all the time. Like, it doesn't matter how many times I've had dinner that our wives and I, we've all gotten together and it doesn't matter what you're cooking, chicken, you name it. It's a good shit, right? Maroki? <laughs> Every time. It's how you ask if the food's good. And then I always use, I'm single mother in it over here. I'm washing and drying, right? <laughs> washing and drying. Seth, I didn't invent odd numbers. Like <laughs> Jules' party. She's not here today. Get sit over there, my station by myself, making terrible fucking food. Like it's everybody knows home is a bullshit class. I'm sorry for cursing. I don't mean to crap all over your career. Like that, that like just verbal diarrhea, that that whole tangent that he goes on. And she's just like standing there with her hands in her hips. Their teacher is just like staring at him. Like, I don't know what you're about to do here. But it's like he's like proving his point as if she could somehow solve odd numbers for him. Yeah, that's definitely one of the more that that scene and then for whatever reason the one that i love is when evan is in the bathroom at the party trying to get drunk to like catch up to becca right right right. she's sipping out of the bottle she's in you she wants to suck on your penis and then he like (laughs) drink a vodka and then just like spits it back out (laughs) into the mirror (laughs) (laughs) so ridiculous like you know, I, I I remember getting into some type of like mindset like that. Like, okay, like here I am, I gotta prep and I gotta like you know, drink this this Barton's or this like I'm right. I'm, I'm in a scene thing. with a bottle of booze. How do I use this? Right. Yeah. And so you know, all right, so here is why just I'm a uh just a sick individual with this because this is how my brain works. Um so the teacher in that scene that we were just talking with the home ec teacher. So again, you and I like the office, that's Pam's landlord that they set up on a date with Michael and he spends the whole like first of all he he uh, he tries to, they're at a Starbucks or whatever and she's like Michael and he's like nope not me <laughs> or like he sees her and he's like oh and he talks about Jan the whole time but that that's the blind date she's like oh you're gonna you lose your apartment but that's because we like the office and I see tidbits of information in that but that's I didn't think about that till just now but we were talking about that scene and I went my brain went, hey, that's the, the chick from the office from that one episode, that one time where she's in the show for 30 seconds. My brain just put two and two together. I don't think there's any other ones in there that I've been able to make that kind of connection. I, it's, it's, there's no reason that my brain should have done that. But like she's, she's literally in the entire series of The Office for 45 seconds. And my, my brain went, hey, the teacher from that scene. She's in The Office, season six, episode four, like whatever, whatever it is. You're- you just you're great for those little nothing cameo appearances. Apparently, apparently, I listen. I do. We, my wife and I, have been rewatching House and just seeing all these young up and coming actors and actresses who are the sick people in these episodes that they went on to like, you know, great big careers. That where I'm like seeing their IMDb page develop in front of my eyes. Like, oh, one episode House where they were sick person B or they showed up in the ambulance or whatever. Piece well, I mean, it together as we go. That's well, that's kind of like the whole thing for that whole movie, though. Like Bill Hader, what was he really in before anything? Right. I don't know what came out first, that or forgetting Sarah Marshall. Probably this, right? He was not super bad first, right? Well, this was 2007, right? Oh, when forgetting Sarah Marshall came out. But, but Bill Hader. And then, you know, obviously, he was on SNL. I mean, that was obviously. 
Right. So was that pre SNL or oh, during? Boy, I don't know. Officer Slater, Bill Hader, going all forgetting, the way back to the bottom of the IMDb page. Forgetting Sarah Marshall was two thousand eight. Oh, okay. So right on the shoes of that, right, right on the end. Super bad, and then the very next year, <laughs> he did. Bill Hader's great. If you need a best friend's best friend to ask an opposite sister question, so you're just gonna follow her to Hawaii? Yeah, Bill. Now screw off for the rest of the movie. Again, that you know that had, you know, Seth or Jonah Hill, and then that led to him, and then get him to the Greek, kind of where they kind of like stole plots from that, which is funny because one year you have Jonah Hill playing a high school graduate. And then literally the next year, he's playing a waiter in Hawaii, which (laughs) when you really think about it, that's kind of a really great attribute to his acting, because I totally don't think of him like, oh, like, oh, I I don't believe it because he's still just like a senior in high school to me. Right. Like, well, how did you how did you get this job in Hawaii, Seth, from Superbad? Like, how did you make that happen? What a great internship opportunity you got. I think that's just interesting to kind of think of it from that standpoint. There's there's so much stuff. Um, so would this movie get made today? I'm I I think it I think they I think they do make this movie all the time. These coming of eight, like they just you know these like we'll call them period pieces where they're just trying to really hone into the kids of today and get them to go see this movie. You know what I mean? I I mean, the, the fact that I always kind of put it off of like movies that still get kind of get played like on cable. Right. Right. And for a movie that gets played and basically doesn't have to be edited too much, I would feel maybe I'm incorrect on that. There's got to be some stuff. There's an awful lot of like genitalia humor and you know what I mean? I feel like there's a lot of stuff. There's obviously profanity and vulgarity that needs to be toned down, but I don't know where they, where they draw the line on a lot of that stuff. I, I, I feel like the, the, <laughs> the lines are pretty blurred at this point. Cause you know, they say like shit and ass and things like that. And I don't even, you know, yeah, just like I said, some of the little bit more like sexual things, I don't know if they would say, you know, say different things like that, but I, I, say it probably has a very good chance that it would be made this day and age yeah i mean i don't think there's i mean there's too much it's it's fine there's no new ideas they could come out with a super bad too and it would be like all the younger siblings or something stupid like that it would be a a terrible idea but that's how that would go yeah i mean in in terms of like offensibility i think it's it's actually has a pretty it's pretty green in the level of like people that it would offend right I just think it, it's it's such a great. I don't know who would get all fired up about this movie unless again you weren't a fan of the the profanity and stuff. But I mean that's true of any movie. I think this one hits home for a lot of people because we all went through that awkward stage at some point or another. Even people who were like lucky, whether it be because they were an athlete or whatever, you know, nature versus nurture, whatever that thing was that maybe your childhood was a little bit easier than somebody else's. I think most of us at some point went through this awkward phase or had one of these conversations with somebody in our lives, and it, it just it resonates with you. I would agree. And yeah, I mean, everybody has gone through that at some point or at least knows 
like that group of people. You're like, that was totally those guys in there. Like it might not necessarily be you and your group of friends, but you're like, oh, this is totally like those guys that always were hanging out, uh, doing that thing after school. Like, oh, I totally went to school with a Seth. I totally went to school with an Evan. Right. And if you don't know who it is, you're <laughs> it's you right <laughs> somebody's always a jerk and if you can't think of anybody it was you so now that being said so i would get made today how many clicky clackers are we giving it so just a reminder you get five i get five and you can do quarter points i would give it a solid four solid four so i'm gonna i'm just i'm a hair under that i'm gonna do like a, a three two five it's a very good movie and you and i like it a lot I don't know. I feel like it's, I don't know. You could, maybe it's underrated, but I feel like a lot of people, I don't know, tend to forget about this movie. I I can't put it on the same level as like, I don't know, a Mrs. Doubtfire or some of somebody in the hall of fame, like some of those all time greats. But I mean, for us, it's super, super enjoyable. It's super bad. It's super enjoyable. Well, I think it just comes down to the the point in our lives at which it came out. I think what it is, is, um, we were around the same, we were just about that age and the guys that made it are only a little bit older than us. So they went through very similar type things in a similar type of time frame. That's what I mean. It, it resonates with us personally. It came out at the exact right moment for us to really, really like it. So like for me personally, I love this movie. It could be like a four and a half. It could be a four, seven, five, but like in the grand scheme of movies and like what we're comparing it to, it's uh it is a good solid comedy, but it's for me just still like a, a three two five. So what do we give it? A, a seven two five? Or we do, and four? actually on IMBD they give it a seven point six. Oh, so, so you know what? This, we're we're usually over. Honestly, we're you, Jaws and I let our, our nostalgia get the best of us sometimes, and we're usually over on a lot of these things. But this is uh taking the under for once. So I, okay, we're pretty par for the course. Right. No, that, that listen, that worked out. It's, it surprises me how often that we do do that. I, I was joking with Jaws that we need to do some crappy movies because everything gets rated like at least a six or above. We can just pick some like the worst cinema possible and be like, okay, worst movies of all time and go and just see what happens. Just see where it takes us. Just the tip, just to see how it feels. Just a second, just see how it feels. Wedding Crashers. So good. But uh, I think that'll do it, buddy. So, uh, Benson, thanks. For joining me this morning, taking some time out from your busy day. Anytime, any place, which that's always the same place, usually around the same time. So, yeah, I, I swear, I really we got to really hunker down and get this nickname thing better because I'm not going to let the Quotington thing keep on going. That's it's got to be something different. We have to be more creative than if we're, if we're only as good as our worst nickname, we're, none of us are any good. <laughs> We've got to be better than, than that. I, I feel like I'm going to have to kind of throw like a master of something, even though we both have the same level of degrees. I'm someone else that, you know, of the group doesn't. You're like my wife, you know, she can put, we can give her like, you know, the doctor of, you know, derangement or something like that. <laughs> but... <laughs> I think Dr. Heavyweight would be just fine. And that's, oh, not, yeah, all right. that's not a knock on her weight or anybody else's weight for that matter. She just loves the movie Heavyweights. And I just feel like that would yeah. be a thing. She can be Dr. On. Heavyweight and I can be Reverend No Dance. <laughs> <laughs> also from the movie Heavyweights, which, you know what? We'll have to do that on a different episode at some point. We'll have to go. Yeah, that's, Maybe, that's definitely on the horizon. 
And listen, we should, we can always, uh, we can three-way that one too. If uh, the wife wants to, to join us and tell us how stupid we are for doing heavyweights. Cause when we're going to yeah. do that. And she goes, if you do that without me, I'm divorcing you. <laughs> yeah. That's it, it's it. Well, you know, it's in the clause of our marriage, which you performed. So, Oh, I, I did do that. I did. We put it in your wedding vows. We did. Yeah. At, at her, at her request. We did. In we, fact. Yeah. So uh, it, as far as New York state's concerned, we're legally bound <laughs> to having to watch heavyweights whenever she wants. It's a contract written down for better, for worse and for heavyweights and not heavyweights. So that sounds good. So again, Benson, thank you, buddy, for joining us. Um, as always, the producers are part of the BICB radio network. Like, follow, subscribe, share, join us on social media. Um, and with that, we are out. The weather is changing and the sun is shining, which means summer party season is here. And Buffalo Freddy Party Rental has everything you need to get your party started. From tents, tables, and chairs to inflatable bounce houses, water slides, and obstacle courses, Buffalo Freddy has everything you need to take your summer shindig to the next level. Not sure what to serve at your event? Buffalo Freddy does barbecue catering as well. For more details or to make reservations, head over to buffalofreddy.com or give them a call at 716-437-3339. That's 716-4-FREDDY. Buffalo Freddy is a proud sponsor of this podcast.